Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, sorry for no episode lately, uh, I've just been kind of busy and whatnot, but we're back today. Uh, and in today's episode, I'm going to be discussing some of my biggest week takeaways from week 9 in the NFL a lot of things to get to, a lot of important takeaways. I'm going to get to those. Then I want to get to the Bruins. We haven't touched up on them in a while. They've been slowing down lately these past couple games, but we're going to get to them. My thoughts on the Bruins, especially that Canadians game. Uh, but first, we're going to get to my Week 9 NFL takeaways, so let's get to that. All right, so first, I want to start with Thursday Night Football. 49ers beat the Cardinals 28-25 to on Halloween. It's been a week since Halloween. Uh, and the biggest takeaway for me was really just, one, Emmanuel Sanders and Jimmy G is a great connection. And two, Jimmy Garoppolo may be a little better than we think. I, I want to word that differently. You know, maybe he can pick up an offense a little better than we think. Uh, you know, the, they were winning most of the game, but Jimmy G was very good. I know the Cardinals aren't that great, but we've mostly been giving crap to Jimmy G, you know, in a sense that... The 49ers have been great, but it's been part of their defense, their run game, and Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy G really hasn't been that great, and I agreed. I didn't think he was very good all season, but he stepped up, and he was really one of the bigger reasons they won this game. It was arguably his best game all year. He stepped up when they needed him. Cardinals had the game late, uh, lead late in the game, and he drove him right back down the field. So I give Jimmy G props for that. Uh, then we move over to the London game. Texans beat the Jaguars 26-3. to uh, mostly, I mean, good pick, uh, good win for the Texans, but for the Jaguars, one, they're barely holding on at this point, and two, Gardner Minshew basically just dug a grave for himself. I still think Minshew has the potential in this league to be like a decent backup or maybe even a starter at some point. Nothing great, though. Minshew mania, Minshew magic, whatever you want to say, it's worn off at this point. Uh, I think he's still got potential in this league to be maybe at best, you know, a decent starter or an average starter. I think he just shows me those little things that make me like him. But these last few games, he has been struggling. He turned the ball over three times in this game. The Jags only scored three points. I know the Texans defense is decent, even without J.J. Watt. I know people overhate on it a little. I think they're a little underrated defensively. They're not great, but especially without J.J. Watt. But still, three turnovers, not very good. Uh, he basically just dug great for himself. Nick Foles is now the starter. I don't really blame them because, you know, I think it's still a little bit of a tough decision because uh, he's, you know, that was one bad game, really. Minshew just kind of been slowing down, and then he finally had this bad game. But he basically just dug great for himself with this game. Uh, then I move over to the Broncos and the Browns. The Browns losing 19-24. to uh, The Broncos, um, Brandon Allen, he's their, he was their quarterback. Sixth round pick. He made the most out of his first start. I mean, he, he did the best he could. Uh, and he was decent, I thought. I mean, I didn't expect a lot from him, but he was decent. Uh, mostly the Browns. I mean, they are just a joke at this point. Uh, they're 2-6 and six now. They're dumb. They're toast. It's just not going to happen. For them to make the playoffs, they'd either have to win all their games. Even if they win all the rest of their games, they'd be 10-6. and six. So odds are they make the playoffs, but or they lose one more game, win all the rest, they'd be very lucky to get in. But 
the Ron season's over. They are a joke. I mean, Baker Mayfield, uh, Freddie Kitchens should be fired. Uh, they should really explore trading OBJ uh, next season, especially if this continues. This is clear he's getting mad. If I'm the Browns, I'm trying to force feed OBJ at this point because uh, get the ball in, in your playmaker's hands. He's one of the best playmakers of the league and make him happy. You know, make sure, you know, you don't want friction in your organization. It's just a bad look. It hurts your organization. Give him the ball. He'll make plays. I think it's a good decision for this offense at this point, which hasn't really been able to get much going. And it, it stops friction. It makes him happy. Maybe it'll help his trade value if you do, do decide to trade him. Maybe it'll make it uh, possible that it, maybe it'll you know, stop him from requesting a trade, assuming you want to keep him. But the Browns have a lot of problems, and I think the first thing they got to do is fire Freddie Kitchens. Then the Chargers picking up a 26-11 dub over the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this was a big win for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who are playing tonight against the Raiders. I'll give my quick prediction on that game. I think it's going to be a very close game. I really don't know who to pick. I think either team could win, but I'm going to go Chargers 27-20 here. Uh, but the Chargers, that was a huge win for them. Uh, they're now 4-5. and five, And if they don't win that game against the Packers, they go to 3-6. and six which basically ends their season. Uh, and instead, so now they're four and five. If they can pick up a win tonight against the Char oh, Raiders, that's huge. It's a huge game for both teams. Uh, but for the Chargers, they just, again, they played really well this week. It was probably their best game all year. They executed really, really well. They got Melvin Gordon going. And defensively, they were great. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa combined for three sacks. They were really doing a very good job against the Packers offense that was been decent so far. So I, I was impressed uh, with what the Chargers did. For the Packers, I mean, it was just kind of a loss that you kind of expected, just like a hiccup. They were 7-1 and one entering this game. They're now 7-2. and two. The Packers are still in a good spot. Don't get me wrong. But for the Packers, this is kind of one of those games that you see coming. Every once in a while, they have that game where they really just don't play well. It's just a big hiccup, and this was this game. This is a game against the Chargers team that has really been struggling all year, and the Chargers, don't get me wrong, the Chargers had a great game plan. They played really well, but the Packers just didn't seem very prepared for this game. They do get Devontae Adams back, so that should help uh, restart this offense. Uh, Raiders, big win against the Lions, 31-24. to The big story for the Lions was just their defense was horrible. I mean, they couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't do any of it. Derek Carr looked great. Josh Jacobs looked great. Everybody looked good in this Raiders offense. And they just, they, they did look smooth. I expected more from the Lions defense in this game. Uh, they they got to be better. Uh, the Lions uh, playoff hopes are starting to slip away from them. They got off to a hot start. They're starting to really cool down. They've got Chicago this week. In Chicago, so that's a game that they should win. Uh, it's Mitchell Trubisky, a, definitely a struggling quarterback, a guy that you should be able to, uh, you know, get a few turnovers off of. It's a bad offense. Hopefully, that you can kickstart that defense and build up their confidence. But the Lions' defense has just got to be better. Then I move on to the great game, uh, the gate great game between the Seahawks and the Buccaneers, the overtime game, forty to thirty-four, dub for the Seattle Seahawks. 
The Seahawks are now 7-2, and two, and Russell Wilson is my MVP so far. I'm not saying he's going to go ahead and win MVP this season. I'm just saying if the season ended today and I had to pick an MVP, it's Russell Wilson. He's putting up the stats. He's throwing one interception. That's it all year. And he has single-handedly willed the Seahawks to the 7-2 and two record. Their defense hasn't played that great this season. They've been underwhelming. We all knew their secondary is bad, but we expected more from that front seven. They've been disappointing, especially in these past two games. Uh, but Russell Wilson is making the most of a mediocre situation. He doesn't have a phenomenal defense backing him up. He doesn't have a ton of weapons or great protection. His run game is decent, but they also turn the ball over a lot. Chris Carson's very fumble prone. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are his receivers. They did just add Josh Gordon. Those are decent receivers, but it's nothing special, especially when you add the fact that that O-line's really bad. Russell Wilson, yes, he got Pete Carroll. He has some things. It's not a horrible situation, but it's not a great one either. I think People, I think Russell Wilson deserves more recognition for what he's doing with the Seahawks team. The fact that they're 7-2 is incredible, and I think Russell Wilson deserves a ton of that credit. Uh, then we move over to the Dolphins and the Jets. Uh, oh, jeez. Um, what? The Dolphins won a game. Okay, and the Dolphins have been a little better this season than people expected. Uh, it's just that simple, honestly. Uh, and they, I give credit to Brian Flores, especially for this win. I know the Jets are bad, but... This team lacks a lot of talent at the beginning of the season. Everyone wanted to be traded from this Dolphins team. They traded some guys. They're a very bad team. But Brian Flores gave that, you know, really motivates them. Uh, It's impressive. I think their game plan was okay. It didn't really have anything to do with the game plan, though. I think it was just the motivation. Their guys went out there to play. They have heart. I give that, I have respect for the Dolphins. I have respect for Ryan Flores and those players after this win. I know it was just the Jets, but the fact that that team with that talent went out there and beat the Jets, horrible show up by the Jets. They just got embarrassed. Adam Gase should be fired. He is a joke. Get him away from San Darnold before you ruin that young quarterback. But for the Dolphins, they went out there and played with heart. They have no talent whatsoever. The heart, the heart, the heart. I mean, just they, they played. Like, they had something, you know, to, to, to fight for. After the game, they, they played like a they, – they celebrated like a little victory uh, from the they, – they just won the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship or something. It was like, calm down, but it was still a good showing. Uh, Bills beat the Redskins 24-9. to I wasn't too impressed with the Bills, but after their loss to the Eagles, I guess it was a nice little bounce-back game. The Bills are never going to wow you. Okay, the Bills are just not that type of team. Their offense doesn't put up enough points to really wow you. They're just a kind of a bland team. Like, they're never going to go up and put up 35 points and, you know, get seven turn, you know, five turnovers or something like that. Their defense might be able to get, you know, three turnovers or something maybe, but their offense just isn't good enough to ever wow you. They put up 24 points to the Redskins in a live nine. Uh, Dwayne Haskins in this game was just. I think he threw for like 144 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Dwayne Haskins was okay in this game. He was better than I expected. This guy's been a deer in the headlights all year. He goes up with this Redskins team facing a tough Bills team and decide, and goes out there and plays not great, but better than I thought. He looked a little more confident in the pocket, and that's good to see. Uh, and for the Bills, again, just a nice little bounce back win. Nothing that impressed me by any means, though. Uh, Panthers beat the Titans 30-20. to 20. Uh, 
Carolina, this was a, a, I wouldn't say a huge win, but it was a pretty big win. Uh, they lost last week uh, against the 49ers, let up over 50 points of defense. Gun Bears, Kyle Allen didn't look great. Uh, and then Kyle Allen goes up and bounces back very well. Obviously, we heard the news that Cam Newton is done for the year, most likely. So it looks like they're going to have to roll it out with Kyle Allen. Uh, and not, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, he's played very well this season. Uh, he's more of just like a game manager. That's what he kind of reminds me of. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, I think if the Panthers really wanted uh, to win a Super Bowl, I'd play Cam Newton because I feel like he has more potential. I mean, he'll turn the ball over more, but he'll he'll take your team kind of over the edge. I give a lot of credit to Christian McCaffrey, too, for what they're doing. For the Titans, one thing I'm going to say, you handed the, the ball off to Derrick Henry twice in the first half. What are you doing? Derrick Henry is a... Horse, man. He is a horse. You don't have a passing game. Like, Ryan Tannehill's been a little better than expected, but he's still not that great. And Derrick Henry is really the best player on this, best playmaker on the offense. Feed him the ball. I felt like they were trying to lose. Only gave Derrick Henry two touches. Derrick Henry ain't no Christian McCaffrey, but he's still a good running back and the best option they have offensively. Uh, Steelers and Colts. This was a big win. A big Big win for the Steelers, yes. It was a good game, too. Steelers win 26-24. Uh, Adam Terry shanks that game-winning field goal. He's so inconsistent at this point. Like, last week against the Broncos, he, you know, misses an extra point, misses a kick, but then he also made a huge kick at the half and the game-winner. This week, he, misses, uh, he missed the game-winner. And Jacoby Brissett. Gets hurt, so that's a little scary for the Colts. The starting quarterback gets hurt for the Steelers. Now they started zero and three. Zero and three. They are now four and four. Okay, they are five hundred. The Steelers are still in this, whether you like it or not. And do I think they're going to make the playoffs? I wouldn't bet on it. But they're still in it. They've won four of their last five. Have they done it in convincing fashion? No, not really. The Steelers have not won in convincing fashion. But with that being said, they've still been good enough, and they've hung in there. I think if they do make the playoffs, they won't make much noise. Big Ben's out for the rest of the year, if they even do make the playoffs. But with that being said, this this is a huge win for the Steelers. They are still in it. Not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they are still in it. Eagles winning against the Bears 22 to 14. Big win for the Eagles. Big big time win. Now this is back-to-back wins against two good defenses. Two bad two similar teams. The Bears and Bills are two teams with young quarterbacks that make boneheaded decisions. And they are two teams with younger running backs that have shown potential. Just stale offenses and very good defenses. The Eagles took Blow after blow in weeks, what was this, week six, week seven, and they they got kind of blown out of the water. And now they've responded with back-to-back wins, pretty convincing wins too. I wouldn't say very convincing wins, but they, they're starting to get back on track. They're now five and four, and they've got a tough schedule coming up too. They're, they're going to have New England. They're going to have Seattle. So they've got some tough games coming up on the schedule. Still going to have the Cowboys one more time. It's going to obviously be a big game. But the Eagles, they're getting there. But the Bears, oh, my gosh. Mitchell Trubisky is a joke. The Bears season's basically done at this point, okay? 
I don't know, you know, what they're going to do with Mitch Trubisky. He made a few nice throws overall throughout this ball game. He made a few nice throws, but he also was still pretty bad. And then he said the thing about the shutting off the TVs in the stadium, where I don't even know. I don't even want to. I don't. I, I just saw that earlier today. Didn't really read it too much into it, but man, I don't know what to do if you're the Bears. Do you start Chase Daniel, or do you just decide to roll it out with Mitchell Trubisky and see if he can do something? I mean, you saw he made a few nice plays. We know what Mitchell Trubisky's uh, potential is. Again, he made a few nice plays, but overall, he was still very bad in this game. Uh, next week, they're going to have Detroit. If I'm the Bears, I start Mitchell Trubisky this week because uh, the Lions' offense looked, uh, defense looked pretty bad last week, and Trubisky at least looked slightly better than I've seen throughout the season. He looked just a little better just due to a few highlight throws. But if I'm the Bears at this point, uh, if he goes out there in, in the first quarter, you know, first half, he goes out and throws two picks, he doesn't look very good, I bench him. I give him the clipboard, I bench him, start Chase Daniel until, you know, Mitchell Trubisky starts to get back on the right path. This is Mitchell Trubisky's last chance for a while. If on the Bears, he goes out and struggles against Detroit, I sit him. I'm sitting him for at least two weeks, starting Chase Daniel, sitting him for two weeks, disciplining him, make him fight for that spot, sit him down, make him learn. I mean, I don't think he's completely ruined at this point, so don't go out there and completely ruin him. Uh, and just, I don't know. I think that they gotta make, they're not going to go out there and get a quarterback at this point. So, yeah, we've heard of Teddy Bridgewater and Cam Newton. Those names have been thrown around, but they have to wait till the offseason to make that move. So, for now, just make the most about what, out of what you have at the quarterback position. So, I start Mitchell Trubisky this week. If he does well, keep starting him. If he struggles against Detroit, I'm sitting him for at least two weeks for Chase Daniel. At least two weeks. And if Chase Daniel gets hurt, we'll reassess then. Uh, but sit him down for two weeks at least. Make him fight for that starting job. Make him learn. Really force him to learn and get better. And But I think by the time week 15 or 16 rolls around, as long as Chase Daniel's not playing lights out and you're not in the playoff race, you start to play Mr. Trubisky again just to see if something starts to click. Uh, then you got the Chiefs and the Vikings. Chiefs winning 26-23 to in this one. Uh, this is a big win for the Chiefs because you're going to get Patrick Mahomes back next week. So this that's big. I mean, he, he makes this team so much better. For the Chiefs, they stay in it. And if they lost this game, the Chiefs are obviously still in it. I'd still have them winning the division. But this game kind of gives them momentum, right? So for the Chiefs now, all of a sudden, they're still sitting in a solid spot. With Patrick Mahomes coming back. If you lose this game, you're in an ass spot. This one was big. For the Vikings, Kirk Cousins overall stat line wasn't bad, but he only completed 50% of his passes. I think he had like 13 overthrows in this game or something like that, which is like a career high for him. So he, I mean, it was like around 11, 12, 13 overthrows, something like that, and it was a career high for him. And Mike Zimmer said it wasn't all on Kirk Cousins, some of these mistakes, but overall, I thought Cousins wasn't horrible in this game. It's just he wasn't as good as the stat line suggests. But for the Chiefs, this is a huge win for the Vikings. Uh, they're facing Dallas next week on Sunday Night Football. They need to show up in that game. Beat a team like Dallas, that's a decent team. Beat them on Sunday Night Football. Keep the tires moving. Get back on the right track. Then we got Sunday Night Football. My New England Patriots are no longer undefeated. We lost 37-20 to the Baltimore Ravens. 
Uh, Patriots defense really struggled in this one, but I give the Ravens credit. Uh, their game plan was very good, not only offensively, but defensively. Uh, I want to start with their defensive game plan first. Uh, just the what they did. Uh, the Patriots O-line right now is banged up. It's not very good, especially at left tackle where we have Marshall Newhouse. I hate him. Marshall Newhouse is horrendous. He is so bad. Oh, my gosh. I'm just disgusted by the play of Marshall Newhouse at left tackle. But the Ravens sat there and said this. Okay, let's look at these things. First of all, their O-line's banged up, especially at left tackle. That's Tom Brady's blind side. That's We're really going to attack that. We're really going to attack Marshall Newhouse on that left side, which is what they did. They attacked him. He was weak. They attacked the Patriots' weakness, which is left tackle. That led to them getting to Tom Brady pretty quickly, okay? So, for Tom Brady, this is tough because he's not Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, or one of these quarterbacks that can sense the pressure, escape the pocket, and extend the play. Tom Brady isn't one of those guys. Tom Brady, that's why he gets the ball quick, and that's why there's so many short passes. Because unless he's kept clean in the pocket, he can't you know, run around, extend the play, and chuck something downfield. Plus, we also have to add, his arm's not very good for downfield. I didn't think Tom Brady was horrible in this game, but the Ravens played perfect. Really, a very good defense. Not only because they attacked Marshall Newhouse, but the way they played in coverage. They sat pretty and put four to five guys in the middle of the field short. Five to ten yards, they just stuff them in the middle of the field. And basically force Tom Brady and, and just, you know, dare him to throw it downfield because Tom they knew they were going to get to Tom Brady quick. They know he needs to get the ball out quick. So they said this, all right, we're going to get to you quick. You can't extend the play. You need to get the ball out within two, two and a half seconds. We know you don't have a great arm downfield. We know you're looking short field, so we're just going to stuff a ton of players and make it tough for you to throw short and make you throw it deep. They played great defense. And offensively, obviously, I mean, the QB reads with Lamar Jackson. Basically, what they do is, it's hard to really not, you know, not be able to show you, but they basically go with Lamar Jackson, run him off the edge, and the defensive end or the linebacker would have to come out on him, and they'd have like a running back or wide receiver run a little like uh, check down route, like almost like he was just like, you know, a little check down, like running with Lamar Jackson just a few yards above skirmish, line of scrimmage. So Lamar Jackson would run. If you decide to pick up on the receiver, he'd run himself. If you went to Lamar Jackson and tried to tackle him, he'd just dump it off to his little receiver or whatever. They run a ton of motion and stuff too. It wasn't just that simple. But Greg Roman did a great job. He always does against the Patriots. Then our last game that we're going to get to, Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Giants. Cowboys win 37-18, to but this game wasn't as good as the uh, score suggests. They really got off to a slow start in this game. The Cowboys did not really impress me that much in this game, but they still got the job done and picked up an important win. Uh, they're going to face Minnesota on Sunday Night Football. Uh, they're 5-3. and three. I mean, if they lose this game, all of a sudden they're 4-4 four and, four and the Eagles take the lead in the division. You don't have – the Vikings aren't really an easy test either. Uh, and then for the Giants, it's just it, – just keep playing football. That's, uh, that's all they have to do. They're 2-7 and seven at this point in the year. Right, you're 2-7. and seven. Your season is done. Just play these young guys. 
you know, and, and just help out Daniel Jones a little bit. Keep developing him. Just just keep playing football and just trot out this year. Just get through this year. But that is my takeaway from every game uh, in Week 9. So now we are going to get to the Bruins. So let's get to that. Okay, so on the Bruins, it's been a while since we checked up on them. Uh, the last time we checked up on the Bruins was back when they had that uh, Lightning Maple Leafs. Uh, stretch of time where they fed, faced the Lightning and the Maple Leafs twice, and they kept losing in overtime and shootouts and whatnot, like middle of October, around October 20th, so it's been a bit. It has, but the Bruins have been really good this year. You lead the Atlantic Division with 24 points. The only two teams in the league better than you right now, the Capitals at 25 points and the Blues at 25 points, so don't get me wrong, the Bruins have been good this year, uh, but it feels like they're starting to slow down a little. Like, this is one of those hiccups, right? Uh, but ever since we've checked up on the Bruins the last time, which was, <laughs> like, October 20th, they have lost... Uh, well, it depends. Let's just say I checked up on them before the second game with the Maple Leafs. They have lost once. And it was Tuesday. Two days ago against the Maple, uh, the Canadians, not the Maple Leafs. They were on a good streak. Uh, you ran through some of these teams. You played well against the Blues. You beat the Rangers, beat the Sharks, beat the Senators, and then you had the Penguins and Canadians. The Penguins game, you won 6-4, to four, but it wasn't very pretty. Rask didn't play very well. And then this Canadians game, which is the one that I really want to focus on. You're facing a Canadian team that's been eh so far this season. 18 points, they have 8 wins, 5 losses, two, uh, 2 overtime losses as well. So they've been decent. Nothing, you've been better. And it's one loss. I don't want to, you know, over-exaggerate or anything, but Rask was soft in this one. Oh, was he soft. Oh, I know we, we the one goal, I will say, one of those goals, the one where uh, Alexander was on top of him. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was who was on. Maybe I'm just making that up. I probably am. I don't think there's an Alexander. The last time I checked, there was no Alexander on the Canadians. I don't know why I said that. Let me check their roster. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe there is an Alexander. There, No, there is no Alexander on their roster. Yeah, I was going to say, last time I checked, there was no uh, guy with the last name. Whatever. Char shoves the guy into Rask. They take a slap shot. Rask can't make a play on the puck. That, that one was just on Rask, uh, Chara, and Rask just couldn't make a play on it. But with that being said, he let up a lot of softies. Oh, gosh. Did he let up a lot of softies in this game? Uh, players that impressed me, though. Uh, first of all, one unit, that second line. Your second line was your best line by far last uh, the last game. No, last night. Uh, Zach Senishin, he was great. Not your second line, your third line, I mean. Yeah, your second line's DeBrus, Krejci. Third line with uh, Coyle, Seneshin. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Seneshin in this game was very good. You called him up, and he was good. His speed was evident. His speed played a role in this game. His passing was great. He had two assists, and he went out a third of Coyle's goal. Wasn't called back, which I'm going to rant on in a minute. And Seneshin was good, and I want to see him stay up here for a stretch of time because I remember he came up last year for a few games, was okay, and he sent him back down. I want to see Seneshin play for, you know, at least five games here. Keep him up. Nebraska's banged up, won't play tonight against the Red Wings, so uh, at least that's the report. He won't play. Uh, so I just want to see Seneshin for a little bit. 
I, I don't expect, you know, almost three assists every single game. I don't expect that he's good, though. I mean, he's setting up teammates. He, you know, his speed was clear. Uh, he was good on the forecheck, just stuff like that. I mean, he was he was good in this game. Uh, Connor Clifton also, I mean, really outside of his goal, he didn't do much. But that was a decent goal. That was, that was impressive, especially for a first in the NHL. He spent some time later in the year with the Bruins last season, played in the playoffs a little bit, so he's got that experience. But he had a that was a very good goal. I like that goal. It was a good move by Connor Clifton. Uh, and overall, I mean, just you didn't play bad. I thought your defense was okay. It could have been better, but Rask, I mean, come on, you can't be that soft. And outside the third line, they didn't get a ton of production. I think crazy production outside of that third line. But that uh, that goal that was called call back of Charlie Coyles. Okay, it's a matter of centimeters. Okay, and the Bruins have not got calls to go their way this year. And according, I even like stalked Canadian talkie. I've seen a few calls that have gone their way this season, but from what I've heard, they've had calls go their way like all year. For the Bruins, it's been the opposite. They haven't had a ton of calls go their way. I'm not going to sit here and complain why it happens. I'm a Patriots fan. We've had our fair share of. Calls go our way uh, in that sport. Obviously, in the Bruins, you have, like, Game 5. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, the tripping. Just, <sighs> But, that being said, the refs go over there. Here's my problem with this, okay? Here's my problem with them calling this goal back. They go over to the booth. There's no real. They call it a goal at first. No offsides. They call it a goal. Then, all right, we're gonna have to go check this one out. They sit. They sit. They don't see anything. If you have to sit under a microscope for five minutes trying to figure out whether it's offsides or not, then don't reverse the call. If you have to sit under a microscope for five minutes, there's not enough evidence. To reverse the call. That is my opinion. Bad calls are going to go our way. It's going to cost this game. It happens. It's sports. But no, you can't. It's not the worst call I've ever seen. By It's, it's nowhere close. But you don't sit under a microscope for three to five minutes and deem that there was enough evidence to reverse a call. That was my problem. I'm sorry. I, you, you just don't do that. You don't not call it offsides. Senator Microscope, uh, is there enough? I don't really see much. Maybe there's a little something there. You give it a look. Dan, come here, come here. Uh, do you see anything? Peter, I'm not sure. Uh, do you see a Yeah, just a bit. Maybe. Zooming in, zooming in. Zoom, zoom. I need, I need a little bit of a closer look here. Replay it, replay They were just sitting there like, you don't have enough evidence. If it takes you five minutes to figure it out, there's not enough evidence. There is not. It, no. There's not enough evidence to reverse that call. I don't know why it took them so long to finally find the evidence they needed. That was oblivious to me. That was ridiculous. I'm sorry. But the Bruins are still 11-2-2. It's been a good year. Pasternak's been crazy good. He's been insane. He's been very, very good. The Lightning have not picked up the pace, though. 14 points. Third to last in your division. They've been really disappointing. For the Bruins, though, I, I, this is kind of feels like a little hiccup here. You don't play great against the Penguins and you lose to the Canadians. You got the Red Wings tonight in Detroit. That's a winnable game. Then you got the Flyers and the Panthers. Pretty winnable games here. 
I think they'll win two with three. Two of the next three. Okay, that's that's what I think. They're either gonna have two wins and one regular regulation loss, or two wins and one overtime loss, something like that. They'll play decent, but those two games were a little bit of a hiccup there. It wasn't horrible, and that was an exciting hockey game against the Canadians. I watched it, uh, but for the Bruins, I mean, just again, I I keep circling back to this: just better five on five play. It's got a little better, but you can't rely on the power play all the time, especially come playoff time when the refs let you play more and more. Like, they're not going to call as many pl- penalties come playoff time. They're just going to kind of let the boys play. That's that's what they're going to say. So they just need to become a better 5-5 five five hockey team. Can't be as dependent uh, on the power play and the special teams. And they got to be you know, have a little more faith and get a little more production out of 5-on-5 five five hockey. I think they're... Uh, offensive uh, offensive lines need to be a little more consistent because one night it's some one line one night it's another, which isn't a bad thing. I just like to see a little more consistency. Uh, and then to Karask, I mean, you've been good all year. Just uh, that game against Canadians is a little scary. He always struggles against the Canadians. I mean, lately it's got better, but usually in Montreal, usually he used to struggle. But these past few years, it's got better. But he he whew, he was not very good. Carey Price was. I mean, despite him face a lot of shots, didn't get a ton of saves. That didn't matter. He's still pretty good in that game. Harry Price really kept him in it. But that's what all I've got to say on the Bruins. That's all I've got to say for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Again, go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces. Sports content, podcast updates. So close to 450 follow. Actually, I think we did hit it, and then we lost. I don't know. But we're right around 450, so we're getting there. Slow grind. Uh, the page is going pretty well. I suggest you follow. I'm consistent with it. It's just pretty cool. It's not only just podcast updates, cool sports content as well. I also call in on the Anchor Mobile app, go on Google Play or the App Store, type in after the uh, Anchor, uh, the Anchor Mobile app, get the Anchor Mobile app, type in after the Buzzer Sports Talk on the search bar in the app. You can send a voice message that way. If you can't get the app or you don't want to, go on Safari or Google or whatever you have, type in after the Buzzer Sports Talk by Aiden Mayer on Anchor, send in a voice message that way. Again, sorry, guys, for no episodes lately. Uh, I've just been a little busy, but I'm trying to get back on the consistent track of two to three episodes a week. Uh, That's the goal. Uh, So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.